sing together, make way, make way, for Christ the King in splendor arrives. to make way for Christ's kingdom, we share in our call to worship. Come, worship our awesome God, our strength and our refuge, the one who helps us in time of trouble and change, the king who remains when all other kingdoms fall. Amen. Let's pray together. As we gather here together this morning to recognize the one enthroned among us, acknowledging our Savior, joining together in praise, thanks, and fellowship to make way for our Christ, the King of all creation. Amen. And so we stand to sing again to welcome Christ, our King and our Saviour. As we sing from Singing the Faith, number 342, all hail the power of Jesus' name.
now I'm going to wish you a good morning. Good morning, everybody. On a rather wet but warmer November Sunday morning. We're going to have our notices now. Thank you, Lindsay. Yes, you thought you got away with it. Lost you with the notices. Sorry, people. I wish you could have seen your faces when we did that. The look of shock was just fantastic. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a few thank yous. Well, welcome to Jason. To be with you. It always seems weird welcoming one of our own members, but welcome to Jason, who's going to be leading our worship this morning. A few thank yous from yesterday. So thank you to everybody who was involved in the uh, Christmas fair yesterday. Everything from the setting up to the fantastic decorating to the food to the stalls tidying up everything that everyone did yesterday thank you very very much it is a very important day in the church calendar um our initial figure from what we raised yesterday is 1684 pounds so well done everybody but more importantly than that it was a day where we were open to the community and the community came in and it was a chance for them to meet us and for us to shine and give them a good welcome. So well done on that as well. Um, the only other notice I've had is, um, it says in the notices that there's an evening service here tonight. There isn't. Um, it's not here. But if you do want to worship this evening, you can go to Ashton, Christchurch at Longridge, Forward or New Longton. All right, so there's plenty of places on the circuit if you want an evening service here tonight. Okay, I don't think I have any more notices, so I'll hand you back to Jason, and welcome everybody. Oh, sorry, there's cake at the end. (laughs) Cake makes everything better, doesn't it? We've got lots to be thankful for as we think about um, all that happened here yesterday and all that has happened throughout this year in this place of worship. So let's give thanks to God as we come before him in prayer. Let's pray. King of kings, we approach your throne in awe of your greatness and thankful for your love. Lift our eyes to you. Strengthen us by your power and help us to give you first place in everything. For you are the one before all. And above all. For you are a God of power and might. God of majesty, we praise your holy name. We give thanks for your continued presence in our lives. We give thanks for your spirit amongst us. And in particular, we thank you for yesterday's Christmas fair, the gathering of the community here in Bamber Bridge. We lift our voices to proclaim your greatness, you who rescue us from darkness and bring us into the kingdom of your Son. And as we recognise your greatness, we call to mind our failures. Lord, forgive us when we have neglected to acknowledge or profess your importance 
in our lives. Forgive us when we have prioritized the trivial. For when we have enthroned other things in our hearts. Restore our focus on you. Help us to begin again. Reclaim us and redeem us, God of everything. Embedding in us a longing for your kingdom and a sense of your majesty. In Jesus' saving name we pray the words that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I need some volunteers, some willing volunteers. I know we've got some of our young people at Three Generate this weekend, but I can still see some in church this morning. Any volunteers who can help me with... Some hats that I've got here at the front. Thank you, Nicola, rousing them up. Fantastic. Wonderful. Okay. Two hats behind you. We're just going to look at this one to begin with. Do you want to hold that up for me so everybody can see it? Do any of us know what this hat is? Policeman's hat, do you agree? A police hat, yes. Can we all see that policeman's hat or policewoman's hat? Yes, good. There was another hat that was supposed to be here this morning, but it didn't arrive in the post, so I want you to imagine a yellow hat, a yellow hard hat. What might that be for, do we think? Could be for a builder, but if we're thinking about a police officer, a yellow hat... Drives a a red engine. Fantastic. A fire officer, fire engine, fireman, firewoman. What do those two jobs have in common? What do they do? Go on, Wendy. They save people, don't they? They protect people. I wonder if we've got anybody in our congregation this morning who has been a police officer or a fire officer or has somebody in their family who has been. Wendy? Okay, fire officer. So we might know in our lives people who are fire officers or police officers, but when they put that hat on, can you put that hat on? Perfect. That's when you become a police officer. When you take it off, you're Elizabeth. When you put it on, you're a police officer. But if you could just get that hat from behind you, Cole, could you hold that up for everybody? What do we think that is? If we turn it round that way, 
What, what's that on the front? A cross. Can everybody see that? Yeah. Maybe you could stand up there so we could all see. Do you want to go up there? Who wears a crown? Who do we think might wear a crown? A queen, yes. Who else might wear a crown? A king, okay. Do we have any kings or queens in the congregation this morning? (laughs) Do we have any, do you think, kings and queens here this morning? I don't think so either. It's a shame that, isn't it? But if we think of somebody who does have a, a crown, who is a king of everybody here, God, fantastic. And what is another word we can give to God? Jesus. Jesus wears a crown, and he's a king of all of us gathered here this morning. So we all share that together. And Jesus has a crown all the time. Even if he doesn't have one on his head, he's still the king of everybody here this morning. But I'm going to let you wear that this morning, Cole, if you want to wear that. Pop it on. Oh, it's a bit big. It's sort of styled on my size of head. So, uh, yeah, we do. We've got a little video just to learn a little bit more about Christ, Jesus Christ, our King. So if we want to just sit here at the front and we'll turn around and we'll watch this video together about Jesus, our King. This week is the Solemnity of Christ, King of the Universe. This is the last week in the church's calendar, and a very special day. But what does it mean to say that Jesus is a king? It means that Jesus has to be in charge of our lives. We have to listen to him always. He tells us to love God and each other. Jesus is a really good king. He isn't like human kings who are often really bad people. In the Gospel of John, Pontius Pilate asks Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answers that his kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom isn't full of people who want power and want to be in charge. It isn't full of people like Pontius Pilate who use power to stay in charge and hurt others. Another thing about bad kingdoms is that many people say there are lots of truths other than God's truth. Everyone starts saying that they know the truth when they're actually doing bad things. Pilate does this when he sends Jesus, an innocent person, to die. But when Jesus is in charge, we listen to God's truth. The only truth, the truth of love. In Daniel, we hear again about the Son of Man, who comes to heaven on the clouds. The Ancient One, God, makes him king. Daniel's prophecy about this true king came true in Jesus, the one who rules with truth and is willing to die for us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. You can also support this channel on Patreon using the link in the description. Thanks for watching. Can you stand up for me again, please? Yeah. (laughs) Give you a few minutes. (laughs) So when Jesus walked on this earth... He might not have had a crown on his head or a hat on his head, but he was a king. And even though we can't see Jesus today with our eyes, we still know that he's a king in our lives. So shall we all have a prayer together? 
Let's pray. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to be our saviour, our king, and our friend. Help us always to follow him, honour him, and serve him in his kingdom. Thank you, God, that each of us are part of your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much to my volunteers. I think they deserve a little round of applause. Thank you. As we think about our Saviour and all that he is and all that he's done for us, we sing with joyful hearts our next hymn, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. children leave for curious let's pray lord god we thank you for the gift of children for we know that if we are to follow in your way that we should be like little children so we give thanks for the children in and young people of this church and we pray for them now as they go to learn more of you in jesus name amen and as we think of all that children bring we think of what we can bring and we go into now a time of what we bring in terms of our offerings to God. So I ask the stewards now to wait on you for your offering. (laughs) 
Lord our God, Christ, King of our lives, we present to you our offering this morning. With our lives, we bring our gifts of money donated here and through the bank. We thank you that you call us together as one family, and we pray that this money might be used in your service in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Catherine's going to read from our, for us from our Gospel of Luke. Thank you, Catherine. Luke chapter 23, and I'm reading verses 33 to 43. When they came to the place called the school, they nailed Jesus to the cross there, and the two criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Forgive them, Father, they don't know what they are doing. They divided his clothes among themselves by throwing dice. The people stood there watching while the Jewish leaders made fun of him. He saved others, let him save himself, if he is a Messiah whom God has chosen The soldiers also made fun of him. They came up to him and offered him cheap wine and said, Save yourself if you are the king of the Jews. These words were written above him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The other one, however, rebuked him, saying, Don't you fear God? We are all under the same sentence. Ours, however, is only right, because we are getting what we deserve for what we did. But he has done no wrong. And he said to Jesus, Remember me, Jesus, when you come as king. Jesus said to him, I tell you this, today you will be in paradise with me. Thank you very much for reading for us. An interesting reading to have the Sunday before Advent, when we're thinking about, we're coming towards thinking about Jesus' birth. But here we're thinking about Jesus' final moments as an earthly man. And one way we can describe Jesus is as a servant king. For as his ministry shows, he wasn't a king who lorded it over people. He was a king who was focused on serving and serving others. And as we think about that, we're going to sing another song, Meekness and Majesty. Not maybe the one you expected, but still with something of that idea of Jesus as our servant king, we stand to sing. Mm -hmm. 
Let's pray. Calm us, Lord, as you calmed the storm. Save us, Lord, and keep us from harm. Let all the tumult within us cease. Enfold us, Lord, in your peace. Amen. So, as we've already identified, today is the last Sunday of this church year. Advent starts next Sunday, and then we're going to be hurtling towards Christmas before we know it. Does anybody know how many days it is to Christmas? 31 days to Christmas. We've got a Christmas fan over there. Yes, 31 days till the big day itself. I'm sorry if you didn't want to hear that this morning, but it's the reality of where we are. But you'll be pleased to know that this morning we are here to celebrate Christ the King. In our gospel reading this morning, we see how Jesus was welcomed Sorry, how Jesus welcomed a self-confessed criminal into paradise. Hardly the sort of person that the religious leaders or the spectators at the crucifixion would expect to be given a passport to heaven. I don't know if any of you have seen the BBC panel show, Mock the Week. On this comedy programme, it usually ends with a round in which panellists offer suggestions of unlikely scenarios. Imagine this scenario. Unlikely people to meet in paradise. Unlikely people to meet in paradise. Which people might you expect to be in the list of unlikely people to expect there? They might be people that you know personally or have heard about in the news or groups of people that are demonized or marginalized in society. So what was it that qualified the criminal for paradise? Was it his statement of faith? Was it his repentance and a humble sense of self in relation to Jesus and his kingdom? Had he heard Jesus' words, Father, forgive them, and included himself as one in the need of forgiveness? Did he, unlike the mockers, recognize Jesus as the Messiah. I wonder how you interpret those questions. Why did that criminal ask to be with Jesus in paradise? On the feast of Christ the King, it's appropriate to consider the nature of Christ's kingship. We've sung songs today which celebrate the kingship of Jesus in lots of different ways. In terms of his servanthood, in majesty, in power and might. And we see these pictures in scripture. But in this week's reading, we see an image of Jesus which is somewhat different. There's lots of grace, compassion. An identification from Jesus with those who suffer and simple, kindly friendship. What does it say to us about the nature of Jesus' kingship and how those in, in positions of authority should be in today's world?
The gospel writers describe Jesus with lots of different titles. The Good Shepherd, King of Kings, The Way, The Truth and The Life. And there are many other ways too. I wonder how those descriptions help us to recognise Jesus. What expectations do they raise in us? What qualities does Jesus have that fits those different descriptions? What might have caused the gospel writer to describe Jesus like those words? This is the king who we celebrate today. The king who reigns for all time over all creation. When we think of the word king like we did with the young people earlier, we might already have expectations of what we think kingship means. Think of other kings in the Bible such as Solomon, David, Herod, or even one of our kings, if you think of Henry VIII. Remoteless, ruthless, ruling, ambitious are words that might describe those kings. But do those stereotypes fit how we think about Jesus? Why is Jesus called the King of Kings? What might that mean? If we think of the biblical role of a king being a shepherd of his people, caring and rescuing them from all danger, then surely Jesus is the ultimate example. As a ruler, he subjects us to love, not to tyranny. Rather than being remote and far away, he is the word made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Where earthly kings destroy, Jesus has created what they seek to destroy. Jesus builds a kingdom of love and right relationships and equality where earthly kings build hierarchies and bureaucracies, class systems and caste systems. Never ruthless or pitiless, Jesus' compassion is so great that despite his total innocence and complete sinlessness, he takes our place and dies for our sins. Rather than subjecting us to his will, he places his life in our hands and gives us freedom to embrace him or reject him. Rather than demanding our all, he gives his all. Instead of saving himself, he saves the world. It's only when we recognize these things as we encounter Christ that we're able to lift him high in our hearts as our Lord and our King. That was true of the thief. And it's true of all who bow down to Jesus and call him by name. But if we look closely at our reading this morning, we have to see what it is. Jesus was crucified as a criminal. That opens up for us lots of different questions, themes of injustice, and the eternal question that I think every person has asked at one point in their lives. Why do innocent people suffer? An applied question, how do we, as followers of Jesus, identify with those who suffer 
when we consider that Jesus was innocent, but he suffered too. And I wonder what challenges that might present for us as we seek as a church to engage in mission with those outside the walls. How can we answer that question? The theologian Angie Shear-Jones said that ministry can't be done to a community by someone who knows what they need. It can only be done with a community by someone who shares their need. You can't do ministry by just knowing a need. You've got to share in that need. And I think that's what Jesus does in this reading. He shares with suffering. He shares in suffering. And he says to the criminal beside him, today you will be with me in paradise. That line gives us an opportunity to think about what paradise might be like. There are many other texts in the Bible that paint pictures of what paradise might be like and many works of art that literally do that. A few months ago, I was on a ministerial placement in Blackpool and I had the privilege of ministering alongside people who were dying. And in those moments of sadness you can often find inspiring stories of people who have an assured sense of where they're going. What does paradise mean to us? And how can we share that hope with others? In 2018, the Chinese National People's Congress made Xi Jinping leader for life. He is king in all but name. In America, President Trump argues that the US Constitution gives him unlimited power as well as immunity from prosecution. We're seeing that at the moment with the impeachment process. Apparently, President Trump said in July of this year, I have the right to do whatever I want as president. And I won't mention our leaders in this country, but we can all think about them as well. We know that power can be so often an addictive intoxicant. Once people have it in their hands, they find it difficult to let it go. And the temptation to abuse that power is ever-present. We know that Jesus was tempted at the very beginning of his ministry to take advantage of his divine power. If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. This was followed by the offer of dominion over all the kingdoms of the world. And then on the summit of the temple, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, that the angels might save him from death and thereby prove his heavenly power. But if we stop and think about it, with the exception of that third temptation, the things that Satan offered Jesus weren't in and of themselves bad. In a world that we're aware of, full of starving people, who wouldn't want to be able to turn stone into bread? And wouldn't it be a good thing to have Jesus in charge over all of the world's powers 
instead of power-crazed individuals. But then I suppose that's our agenda and not God's. At the end of Jesus' earthly life, while hanging on the cross, Jesus was mocked and tempted with these words. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Jesus did not fit the expectations of those who wanted a warrior Messiah. You can almost imagine the sorts of things they might have been saying to themselves in their heads. Don't just hang there, Jesus. Do something. Save yourself. You can't die now. We need you. But Jesus teaches us in so many passages that he did not come to be served, but to serve. We are called to that same service. But we too can be tempted by the misuse of our calling. We may have thought, since we are believers, it ought to be nice for us. Easy. It's a temptation to view our calling as a privilege. But according to Jesus, ours is a service to the marginalized and a service to the suffering. So today we celebrate Christ the King. And now we look forward to the journey of Advent, which begins next Sunday. We are called to remember that as we approach Jesus' birth, that we shouldn't forget how he sacrificed himself as an adult for each and every one of us. Christ the King reminds us that our Lord and Saviour is King of everything. Not a dictator king, but a loving king who wants us to willingly enter his kingdom. Let's pray together. Jesus, you alone are above all things, and in you all things hold together. In you we find our peace, our hope, and our joy. When our eyes grow dim and our lives get cluttered by other things, restore our vision, we pray. Remind us that you are bigger than all the stuff our lives feel made of and that we can depend on you. Thank you, Lord, our Saviour and our King of Kings. Amen. And so we sing together, King of Kings, Majesty.
And now we bring to God our prayers for the world, for others and for ourselves. Loving Heavenly Father, we believe that Christ Jesus should rule within our worship and our life together as your people. We believe too that he should rule over our work in the world and within our family life. Indeed, we profess that he wants to be Lord of our lives, the one who is supreme in deciding how we should relate to our friends and our neighbours. Help us to show this in what we do every day, in how we make decisions about how we spend our time and our money, in how we employ our hands and in how we direct our feet, in how we speak and in how we think, in how we rest and how we work. Lord, hear our prayer. O God, in this time with us, Christ has shown his authority over wind and waves. We pray that he may bring peace and calm to those whose lives are troubled. We especially pray today for those in troubled parts of the world, especially in the Middle East and Hong Kong. We've been asked to pray this morning for asylum seekers and for refugees. We pray for those of our church family who need your healing and comfort at this time. We pray for Enid Bradshaw, who's in Royal Preston Hospital, and for Fiona Schoen's mother, who's very poorly. Also for Alan Toll, and Joyce Helland, and Geoffrey Holder. We pray your blessing, your comfort on these, your people who need you at this time. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, you ask us to invite you to reign in our lives and have taught us to pray for those in this world who are set in authority over us so that we might have peace. As we here in Britain prepare to vote for those who've let their names stand for election to our parliament, we pray for each candidate and for the government that will be formed from among them. Lord, hear our prayer. Thank you, Lord God, for hearing our prayers. All these things we ask of you and say to you in the name of Christ Jesus, he who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, both now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Kath. We come to our last hymn as we think about and bring together all those thoughts we've had this morning about Christ our King. As we sing Christ triumphant, ever reigning, Saviour, Master, King, we stand to sing.
And so with our hearts and voices raising, Jesus, we go knowing that you are our true King, our Lord and our Saviour. May we carry this knowledge with us, equipped by your Spirit, to live lives full of praise and service to you. Amen. And we share together the words of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.